this. This is a football podcast, man. Meat. Football. Good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. We've got a little bit of a different episode today for you, just a waivers exclusive episode. Uh, Ben is not joining me on this one. It'll be just be me. So, you know, there will be no funny jokes, unfortunately. That's that's what Ben's here for. Um, But really quickly, we've got a quick basically deep dive into the waivers situation for this week. We want to get it out for you so that you can tackle your waivers going into week five. Really quickly, before we hop into it, if you enjoy this episode, tell a friend about us. Go find somebody on Instagram, on Twitter. Send them Fantasy Brothers so that we can help more people win their leagues. Check us out on Instagram at Fantasy Brothers underscore. We've also got a Discord server. Check the link there on Instagram for the Discord. There's a group of us over there. We got like 60, 70 people in there. And it's a constant talking fantasy football. You drop your trades in there. We talk about them. Start sits in there. We talk about them. All that fun jazz. It's really a great way to actually get in touch with us, if we're being totally honest, because our DMs get flooded every week and we can't get to all of them. So if you really want your questions answered, the best way to get those answered is on Discord. All right. All that junk is out of the way. Let's hop into waivers. So I think the main number one waiver ad, if he's available in your league, has got to be Naheem Hines. He's currently 67% rostered on Sleeper. Uh, And there's some questions about if Jonathan Taylor is going to play Thursday night. This is going to be a diff, like it's, it's a bit of a riskier number one priority because it's possible that Naheem Hines ends up not being super valuable because if Jonathan Taylor plays, obviously he's going to take all the work. But if he misses, Naheem Hines is a must-add. So you're probably going to have to throw a shot in the dark out with Naheem Hines, but thankfully there's nobody else that's like an obvious add this week. Like, you know, Jamal Williams last week, it was obvious. He's he was a top 10 running back. So this week, I think Naheem Hines has got to be the number one because if if he does get the full workload, he's going to be very good. I think the number two add this week needs to be Tyler Algier. Uh, he is 31% rostered on sleeper. And with Cordero Patterson hitting IR for the next month, I feel like Algier is going to be the main guy. Obviously, Caleb Huntley will factor in as well. Pick him up as well while we're talking about it. He's 0% rostered. Huntley and Algier both need to be added, but I think Algier is going to be the priority running back in the offense without Cordero Patterson. Uh, Mike Boone as well, you know, it's the injury situation. You got to add Mike Boone and Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray was just picked up by the Dolphins off of the Saints practice squad, off of a game in which he played well in London. So, you know, he he has looked solid in the little bit of workload that he got this year so far. So, you know, Latavius Murray, Mike Boone need to be added. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon has not played really well at all so far this year. So, He's not really playing himself into the good graces of the Denver coaching staff. It is, uh, it's not been great to say the least for Melvin Gordon. Obviously, he appears to be the primary running back in the offense now, but four fumbles in five, four games or whatever it is, that's not gonna, 
that's not going to endear you to the coaching staff. So it's very possible that Latavius Murray or Mike Boone could really steal a lot of that work from Melvin Gordon. You know, it's also possible that Melvin Gordon just reasserts himself and is dominant. It's There's a couple different ways it could go, but just in case, throw, you know, a, a low amount of fab and Mike Boone at Latavius Murray. You don't need to go blow, you know, 20% of fab or anything. You know, throw 5% of your fab at one of those guys um, and and see if you can end up getting a potential gem for them. Um, Brian Robinson, he is rumored to be coming back in week five. So Robinson, I can't figure out this Washington Commanders backfield, I'll be totally honest with you. Even with, you know, Robinson being out, it is uh, J.D. McKissick, flip-flopping with Antonio Gibson for who's getting the most work. Um, I was, I even was watching the game a little bit and there was some other guy that I'd never even heard of that was getting carries. Uh, so Gibson looks like he sort of phased himself out of the offense somehow. Um, and it is, you know, a little bit of Gibson, a little bit of McKissick and a little bit of whoever the other random human being was. When Brian Robinson comes back, you know, he already had won the RB one job for the team. So you would have to think that probably Brian Robinson is the RB one going forward. Now we don't know exactly how good he's going to look coming off of his injury. Um, you know, it was a, I guess a clean, you know, issue with his lower leg, but you know, I, is he going to have the same burst? I don't know. Is he going to win the job back and just slot in as the RB1 coming back, quote unquote, in week five? I don't know. But what I do know is he already, he'd already won the job. And, you know, the primary running back in that offense probably isn't a top five running back, but it's a potential RB2. And for a guy who's currently rostered in 56% of leagues, there's a, you know, 30% chance, 40% chance he's on your waivers. And uh, if that's the case, I think you just need to snag him up. If for nothing else, he's a depth play. Um, I think with Robinson, you'll know the week that he comes back, you'll probably know what you have in him. Um, it's it's the kind of situation that I, I have a feeling that they're going to deploy him the way they want to use him from the get-go. Um, and that he's probably, I mean, you'll you'll know if you missed. If you missed, you'll know what you had. Um, a couple of other guys that you should be adding Raheem Mostert looks like he has sort of superseded Chase Edmonds as the RB one in the offense. He had 15 carries on the Thursday night game against Cincinnati. Um, I, I really thought Edmonds was going to be the running back to own in this offense that he was going to take a lot of the primary, you know, first, second, and even third down workload. But it looks like it is Raheem Mostert's the first and second down guy. And then Edmonds is third down. And Edmonds has also vultured a couple touchdowns, so he appears to be third down and goal line. Uh, so he's getting those high-value touches, but he's just not getting many touches. And Mostert is feasting on those first two downs. And so I think Mostert will give you the safe floor. Um, and potentially, if he were able, able to steal goal line at any point, I mean, that is that's money in the bank. I mean, he's going to give you 12 to 15 carries a week. And, uh, you know, if he scores touchdowns, that's 
RB2 stuff in this offense. Now, it sort of remains to be seen how uh, well the offense adjusts without Tua. I'm not really sure how long Tua is going to miss. I know he's confirmed out for their next week five game. So I don't know if it's going to be a long-term thing or a short-term deal with his concussion. Um, they're not really saying much in the way of, you know, what that recovery time is going to look like. So it's it's really speculation at this point. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is probably, he's going to be fine. I, I, I don't think the offense is going to be super explosive. So potentially there's some, um, you know, lack of touchdown upside for these running backs. But, you know, Chase Edmonds has been living off of touchdowns right now. Um, it's a little bit of the Clyde Edwards Alaire light situation where Clyde Edwards Alaire, you know, his first three weeks, he was getting no work, but he was scoring touchdowns. And so he was like the RB4, uh, but like his workload was awful. And obviously, week four, he kind of blew up a little bit, but uh, it's the same sort of situation with Chase Edmonds. He just has not, I guess, taken enough workload for you to feel good about him. And therefore, Mostert has stepped in and kind of taken hold of that first and second down work. So I would pick up Mostert. He's rostered in 49% of leagues right now. So it's it's 50-50. He's there for you. Um, but if he's there and the priority adds like Algier, uh, Naheem Hines, if they're not available, I would take a shot on Raheem Mostert. Uh, I'd also be taking a shot on George Pickens. He is going to be tougher to get. He's rostered in 58% of leagues, but... It really looked to me like Kenny Pickett was looking for Pickens often when he was the quarterback. Uh, I don't know what to make of this Steelers offense. I mean, Deontay Johnson, for all intents and purposes, was nullified in that game Sunday. And I think everybody would agree he is the wide receiver one. He's been getting double-digit targets every game for what feels like eight decades now. And he was a bum. <laughs> on Sunday and George Pickens just stepped in and was awesome. He had over hundred yards. Um, I don't really know if that's going to stick, but I'm willing to take my shot on the potential that Kenny Pickett thinks George Pickens is his wide receiver one. Uh, it looks like at the very least Pickett is willing to take shots downfield that Trubisky was not doing. And obviously that is a boost for Pickens. Chase Claypool, um, he, He's dead to me. I, he can't do anything. Like, he's so inefficient. And, you know, he's the jump ball guy, the deep threat. But, like, he he's not even good on the chances that he does get. And I feel like Pickens is a better version of Claypool right now. Uh, and he's going to earn the trust of Kenny Pickett going forward. So, Pickens, if you can get him, I think he's going to be a great add. And this final main add, like, it just feels so obvious how how is he on your waivers it's the name it's jared goff like he is rostered in 50 percent of redraft leagues and he's the qb5 on the year it is the perfect storm for the detroit lions to give you fantasy relevant pieces because their defense is literally the worst in the nfl and their offense is literally the best in the nfl they are scoring 35 points a game and allowing 35 points a game that means that Jared Goff is going to be fantasy relevant, whether you like it or not. Um, in Superflex leagues, if you've got him as your QB2, you're feeling fantastic right now. Maybe it's a, a little bit weird because it's 
Jared Goff and nobody wanted him at the beginning of the year. But right now, you're probably winning your matchups with freaking Jared Goff. Uh, it's very weird times this year in fantasy, but Jared Goff is a must add. Uh, if you are the owner that had Tua, that had Dak, uh, that bought into we- uh, Carson Wentz there for a couple weeks, you've got to go get Jared Goff. Jared Goff is basically the better, more consistent version of Carson Wentz. And it's really not because Jared Goff is an amazing quarterback. It's really because of the situation that he's in. He's got weapons uh, and you know, the defense is bad, so they have to throw the ball. They've got to score points on offense to keep up. These bad game scripts, I guess, you know, it's bad real-life game scripts, but it's great fantasy game scripts that force them to pass the ball. Uh, they're just going to result in Jared Goff being a good quarterback. If the defense figures itself out, obviously Goff, you know, he'll tail off a bit. And his pace is unsustainable. Like, yes, he's a QB5, and it's it's a bit ridiculous, it will probably calm down, but like if it calms down to where he is a, you know, solid QB two, I mean, that's a great waiver ad, especially as a depth guy, um, you know, in a one QB league, if your guy gets hurt, we've seen with Tua, with Dak, you just want a guy that's not going to kill you that you can slot in there as your quarterback until your main guy comes back. Or if you just punted on quarterback in your draft and have been streaming Marcus Mariota the whole time, freaking pick up Jared Goff. He's going to be better than Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think Goff, to some extent, is here to stay. Um, you know, the absurd numbers that he put up against Seattle are not the norm. They're not going to put up 45 points every week. That That is an outlier, but I do think that Jared Goff is going to be fine. Uh, you know, if, you're, if you just need 15 points from your quarterback a week, I think Jared Goff can give you that. All right. Before we get out of here, I want to give you a couple guys to avoid. Um, they probably look pretty good on your waiver wires, but I'm not really sure if their production is going to be sustainable. And uh, it's I, I would think it would be obvious, but we get DMs during the week like, hey, should we pick up Jelani Woods? And it's no, you should not because, you know, Mo Alley Cox is there. Same thing with the f- first guy, Mo Alley Cox. Like, it's a random blow-up week. Um, it was Jelani Woods last week. Um, they run like a three-tight-end committee almost in Indianapolis. So you can't really count on any one of them to be the main guy. Collectively, they produce tight-end one numbers. But you know, individually, they are going to be really hit or miss. So no, I'm not willing to throw my fab at Mo Cox. I don't want to burn a waiver claim on him. I think it was just a random isolated blow up week until we see this happening consistently. I'm not willing to do it. Uh, I would much rather go pick up like David and Joku or something like that. A guy that looks like he's actually going to get targets week in and week out. So don't pick up Mo Alley Cox. He's, he's a little bit of fake news. Um, another guy, Jamal Agnew, the Jamal Agnew thing, like he produces when he's on the field, but he's never on the field. And you just, you just don't want guys that aren't on the field. Uh, he scored those two touchdowns, but he stepped into the Zay Jones role. Zay Jones got or was a late scratch. I think it was Saturday night or Sunday morning. So, um, you know, Jamal Agnew just sort of stepped in, and he was awesome. But he, once Zay Jones is back, Jamal Agnew is not going to do anything. So, if you're chasing that production, I would I would avoid it. Final guy here, Rashad White. Uh, he had a pretty pretty nice Sunday night showing. 
but I, I just don't see how he's got standalone value going forward. Um, he is a great handcuff to have, but he's a handcuff to me. And, uh, you know, he had, he showed standalone value on Sunday, but I just, I'm not buying it yet. I need to see it more. Um, it was a bit of a weird game. And, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette got his, but he just didn't get rushing attempts. They didn't run the ball hardly at all. It was very odd. Uh, and, you know, it, it shows that, like, the, I guess, the heartbeat of that team is Tom Brady, and it will always be Tom Brady while he's there. And, uh, you know, Rashad White got in there on some passing downs. But until we see that consistently, I'm not really willing to buy into it. Obviously, in Dynasty Leagues, you've already got him, but... You know, in, in redraft, it feels a little bit like fool's gold. Uh, we'll see going forward. But that'll do it for this quick little waivers deep dive for you. Uh, drop those claims in there in your leagues. Let us know how you fared. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, once again, share it with a friend. Leave us a review, a rating where you're able to do that. And we'll be back tomorrow when Ben and I kind of, we, we tilt. <laughs> We're talking about all the week four games and what you can take from it. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.